Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Fabulous Pelton Cast. I'm your co-host, Kevin Pelton. And I'm Tristan Carcino. Barely let you get that out. <laughs> Julio! Gino! Play by Carlos Santana. I did not imagine that we were going to be doing an emergency podcast on an NFL week one Sunday where the Seattle Seahawks are not in action. And when the first game of the WNBA finals is happening and I was in attendance and it did not involve the Seattle storm where I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada, but lo and behold, the Mariners keep doing strange and amazing things in the 2022 season. Oh my God. Uh, I know that we only recorded our first ever Mariners emergency pod earlier this week. This is definitely our first ever NFL Sunday Mariners emergency pod. This was a wild experience for me. This was my first ever time really paying attention to a Mariners game during an NFL Sunday. Even the Seahawks weren't even playing, but it, it was a wild experience. This game going back and forth. I'm sort of half tuning in a little bit of this, a little bit of NFL, NFL red zone going back and forth. It's six to two heading into the ninth. I'm outside with my children playing baseball, right? I'm like, we're good. I am so set on this game. I don't even need to check in. I glance down at my phone to literally look at the Chargers Raiders score. And I'm like, what the hell? 6-5? Come back in, turn on the game. And then immediately, I'm like, Seawald's in. We're good. We're fine. Seawald gives up the single. Boom, the two-run blast. We're dead. It's over, right? The, the game is finished. Honestly, for me, I'm stressed about the wild card, but I'm stressed about the Haggerty win streak, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, we're pre- posting these graphics. I'm pretty sure if Haggerty wins one more game that he starts without losing, he has tied not just, he's not just beating the Mariners win percentage from 2001. He's at the ni- 1906 Chicago Cubs. He's tied with the best win percentage of all time as a starter the Mariners starting Haggerty in back-to-back games against one of the hottest and best teams in baseball and what the fuck do you think happens he wasn't there on Friday night we saw on Friday night he wasn't there starts two in a row but this time I mean I mean he was there he just wasn't <sighs> in the starting lineup we saw the darkness we saw the darkness hard when when a guaranteed victory turns into an almost, in your opinion, a guaranteed loss, right? The first at-bat, Hegarty comes up, they have him bunt. He telegraphs, he, he does the bunt the first time, telegraphs it for the second time, still lays it down. Just like, what are you doing, Scott? But you know in the back of your mind, right? You're just looking at it, and you're like, Ty's probably going to pinch hit for Trammell here. And you're like, Julio's coming up. Already let off the game with a jack. You're like, so you're telling me there's a chance. And were you watching that Julio Homer? No, I was in my elevator. So I was down on the at the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook watching the end of the uh, the Titans-Giants game as the Titans didn't advance the ball further and then missed a 46-yard field goal as the latest miscue in a day of adventurous NFL kicking that I've only been reading about the, for the most part because I was uh, in the house for Las Vegas-Connecticut game one of the WNBA finals, and that was obviously the primary attention. I was just following things on Twitter and on on the ESPN app, etc. cetera. Uh, so after that ended, I was like, well, I can go watch the end of the Mariners game on on my computer in my room. So got in the elevator, and by the time I was up to my room, Julio had homered, but Eugenio Suarez was up. 
Wow, you so you walked into your room right when Eugenio was up. I mean, that was that was when I opened my computer and managed to get the stream going. <laughs> oh man, it might have well, been I mean, the first pitch I saw. One of those Julio homers where there's no doubt about it, just like a line drive out to left left field. He doesn't even lift it in the air. It's just boom immediately when he hits it. All of this tension that you've been feeling, just like <laughs> oh. Thank God. It's just like Julio did it for us, right? This is the hero we've been waiting for for 25 years. Not the hero we deserved, but the hero we need. And to be in that moment and you just see Julio there as a fucking rookie, right? And you're like, I feel like he might be able to do this in this moment. And this isn't the Texas Rangers they're playing. This is the Kansas City Royals they're playing. This is against the Atlanta Braves. Right. In a series that the Mariners, they didn't necessarily need to win this series, but to show that they're competing at this level, it also puts them in a tie for that first wild card slot. And after this, they play two against the Padres. And then it is all non playoff teams. Wow. This, this schedule turns very, very rosy from here on out. So if you're, if you're watching that right now, if you're a person who pays attention, there are still a lot more games left in the baseball season. I guess Don't it goes me. later this year because of the strike, but yeah. it, if you're watching the, that, the lockout, the lockout. that baseball reference playoff odds, this is this is what you see circled on there. If you're looking at the most likely outcome on baseball reference, it is the Angels, the A's, the Royals, the Rangers, the A's, and the Tigers. Just boom, 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 boom after this. So to have to win this series against the Braves in this fashion, one that looked like it was ripped out of their hands, this is this is feels like October baseball right here. I mean, number one, you know that the most important variable for the Mariners' success or failure is not about the strength of schedule. They've had this issue before. When they've played bad teams without Hagerty in the lineup, it has been very different than when they've played good teams with Hagerty in the lineup. Uh, the number two point here, you sort of alluded to this about seeing the darkness. You talked about it in kind of in the series in a hole on Friday. Seeing the darkness in the ninth inning, that blowing a four-run lead in the ninth, Actually, in hindsight, the best thing the Mariners could have ever done. Oh, what yeah. are you doing in an emergency bot if they had just won uneventfully six to two? This this game went from what probably would have been one of the worst losses of the season. I think we confidently would have looked at this and said that was probably the worst loss of the season, just emotionally. Not necessarily for the team, right? They'd still be in the playoffs. They'd be fine. But emotionally, this would have been one of the worst losses of the season to instantly it becomes the best win of the season. This beats the Yankees, right? <laughs> they had two the jacks. This team, two jacks. They went Ooh. down in the top of the ninth and came back with, they went, they gave up five they fucking two runs. out innings. It was the longest baseball game. But they gave up five runs in the top of the ninth <laughs> to the Braves. I mean, they were down wild, one this out. Is Robbie Grossman just crushed that ball to give, to give the Braves the lead. You're just looking at it like, how did that happen in this moment? You're like, what led us to here? Seawald, come on. And then immediately coming back and having two jacks in the bottom of the ninth, Julio and Gino. This was the number one win of the year. I mean, maybe we throw so, it out to the listener. So maybe. far. Oh, wow. Maybe we do a poll on this, the listener poll to determine what they think was the best win of the year. Anyway, I'm just I'm riding high for this one. It would have been like a nice foot or a nice weekend, nice Mariners weekend. They win two or three against the Braves, comfortable victory in a couple of them. It's just like, yeah, that's a great baseball weekend. Feeling good, right? Hagerty picked up two W's, and then out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Whew. All right, 
Do you have thoughts on week one of the NFL season thus far? Well, I, I was telling you, we have to do a, a partial week week one uh, emergency pod and Mariners emergency pod. So did you watch almost any of NFL week one or were you in the sports book at all? I was for the like the second half of the fourth quarter of the late slate of games. So okay. I saw the end of, of Chargers Raiders, which obviously drew a lot of emotion in the book. There were many Raiders fans and a surprising number of Chargers fans there. And then like the biggest cheer slash uh, sigh of disappointment when uh, Randy Bullock missed the field goal that would have won it for the Titans over the Giants. Just people with money lines in either direction. Yeah, not not. A, I don't think it was a bunch of Titans and Giants fans. I think it was people who had wagered on the game. Was it packed in, in the sports book? It was like so. I, I had been in that sports. I mean, it's NFL in, Week One. In Week Sixteen of 2019, watching the Seahawks lose to the Cardinals at home, another game that that technically wasn't an emergency pod. Uh, since we just did our weekly pod, but another game that resulted in a post-game podcast. Uh, that's the only time I've been there. And there I had a seat. It was not that crowded. This, it was like standing room only. And like even the desirable places to stand were taken by the time I got down there. And that's by the second half of the fourth quarter. So it must've been pretty wild like throughout the day. I would think especially probably after the Aces game ended and Vegas fans who wanted to watch the Raiders probably immediately headed over there is my assumption. Uh yeah, I mean, my my primary takeaways, I mean, thinking about this from a Seahawks prism and rather than a general NFL prism is it's funny because last year we talked about the AFC West and the NFC West. And it was like, these are the West. This is the two best divisions in all of the NFL are the AFC West and the NFC West. This year, I think there's a chance Geno Smith could win the NFC West. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. I, I don't I, think should, it's impossible. Should I throw 20 bucks on that? I wonder what the odds are. The I bet you get pretty good, pretty good odds there. They're not, they're not probably quite as good as they were this morning or certainly Thursday, Thursday afternoon, but alas. But you look at one by one, the Rams having like a pretty pitiful game against the Bills and just not looking like the Rams. If you were to come to me after that game and be like, the Rams went 6-11 and 11 this year, it'd be like, yeah, that checks out, right? Like that feels like it's within the potential possibilities for the Rams. They're probably more likely to go eight, nine, nine and eight or something like that. But they look like a different team without Von Miller, without Andrew, without Odell Beckham Jr., right? Without all these players, they look like a different team. They didn't use motion like they did before. We we saw the Stafford I mean, we knew and loved. You know, they started last season without Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. and were quite good before they made those trades. Now, right? Whitworth is a different story. I don't, I don't remember them being so hot during the middle of the season last year. but Yeah, but they started the season very hot. So you, you have that loss. Obviously, the Bills look like one of the best teams in the NFL. So maybe you throw it out for a second. The, you, could, you can rationalize. You can, if you're a Rams fan, if it's, if it's April 1st, if right? Yeah, we we could over. rationalize that one. If we were Mina Kimes right now, we know what's going on in our head. But like it, then you come to Sunday, right? I like that all the NFC West teams played in different blocks. Sunday, Sunday morning, it looks like the 49ers are going to kind of run away with this one against the Bears. I think it's 10-0 at halftime. Maybe it was 13-0. They didn't look good. Trey Lance definitely didn't look good. And just slowly the Bears chipping away at it. Dante Pettis with the huge touchdown against his former team, Justin Fields, with that awesome play. And you're watching the Bears pull away in this game against the 49ers, and it's like there is already a problem in San Francisco. We talked about this in our season preview podcast about would I rather have the Seahawks 
quarterback situation or the 49ers quarterback situation. And I, after week one, I guarantee you people in San Francisco will be calling for a quarterback change. And I don't know if Jimmy G is healthy yet, but I don't know if you can see anything from that game against somebody who I think the bears might've had the worst over under of almost any team in the NFL, definitely in the bottom five. A weird game. It was really rainy, but that should probably favor the 49ers and what they do. And that know, maybe the maybe the Niners are bad in the raid. They lost that game at home last year when there was the monsoon, right? But but also look, but a run game, a run scheme offense. I know Kittle was out or whatever. A, a game that forces you to run more should favor what Kyle Shanahan does. You know, I will say we talk a lot about the Jimmy Garoppolo variable in terms of Kyle Shanahan's record. The George Kittle variable is pretty substantial in that one as well. That's the other piece. And and I think there there's chatter around this George Kittle injury being more serious than they're letting on, right? So you take those two pieces. You have to look at Trey Lance and say that I, there's nothing that Trey Lance has done yet that would make you say that he is even a quality NFL starter or anything like that. So you have that. And then the Cardinals just getting thrashed by the Chiefs. The Chiefs who maybe look like a better defensive team literally did not seem like it mattered whether they had Tyree Kill or not on the Chiefs. I understand the Chiefs are good, but we've seen the Chiefs be a little bit sluggish at times. And against the Cardinals, they did not look sluggish at all. And that was going into their house. So two NFC West teams losing at home in pretty embarrassing fashion. And then the 49ers going on the road and losing to one of possibly the worst teams in the NFL. Obviously it's week one. We don't know, but you have to be looking around and saying barely competent could win here. And all of a sudden, Geno Smith might look fairly competent. If if the Seahawks beat the Broncos, as as you think will happen, 75% chance. Um, Not 75. Was it 95%? 95% okay. chance. 95% chance that tomorrow the, the Seahawks beat the Broncos. <laughs> I feel like you have to look around the NFC West and be like, you get into, so you're telling me there's a chance mode. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I don't think barely competent is a fair way to describe Gino. I think Gino Smith is a perfectly competent quarterback. The Seahawks as a whole could be barely competent. And and also, you look around at those NFC West games, and it's like, do any of these terrify me? Am I that scared of any of these games? Like, could the Seahawks go 4-2 and two in NFC West play? I, I would caution against reading too much in a week. When you brought this up in our group chat last year, the uh, New Orleans Saints shut out the Green Bay Packers. They at least thrashed them in week one of the season. And it turned out that did not tell us about what was going to happen in the Green Bay Packers season. And Aaron Rodgers clinging to, and the Packers fans clinging to that one again this year. After uh-huh. week one loss That's one of those games. things where it's like, well, <laughs> just because Pete, Pete and John made the Seahawks good in 2012 with a bunch of young players doesn't mean that it's going to happen again. I will say there's a larger sample size of people panicking about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers with the relaxed t-shirt you'll recall and uh, the Packers ultimately being fine. He, there's a larger sample kinda, set of that than I mean, Harold developing five, four Hall of Famers simultaneously. You you didn't see this, but there was a ball where Christian Watson was wide open and just dropped it. And it was like, Aaron Rodgers, I, I got, if you're reading his demeanor, he seemed, he seemed like he didn't care at all. He was sort of just like, Fuck the situation. Wow. That was Aaron, kind of the vibe that I got. Aaron Rodgers is going to be watching the Packers, the Broncos tomorrow night and wishing he was Russell Wilson. I, I really think. <laughs> uh, I really, I have to say, if you're a Seattle sports fan, 
I was thinking about this, I, and I don't mean to get into best Seattle sports weekend ever. Territory, oh, boy. We're before the Seahawks play. <laughs> starting Saturday morning, right? Think about what happened. So Chris Smith, uh, who I'm going to the Broncos game with, talking Taco Time co-host, he was going to WWE SmackDown, I think, on Friday night. Did Seattle win in that one? <laughs> huge W. Huge <laughs> W. If John Cena participated, we know that Seattle won. Uh, Seattle Jake won. Won, Jake Seattle won doing won, the uh, intro. Good point. Seattle won the Man to Man podcast live show that we attended on Friday night. So he was going to three sporting events. He was going starting Saturday early. UW Huskies easily taking care of Portland State. Right, doing exactly what they should have done against Portland State. No Montana repeats. The FPI on that is very interesting. We're not going to get that into into that entire wow. weekly pod, but very he goes from there to the Sounders three nil victory at home, and then he was like, "I might sneak into the Mariners game after that." Mariners <laughs> with a huge W on Saturday night. Come back on Sunday. I think he was going to the oh rain today. I don't know what happened in that one. Please tell me they won to fit this I'll, point. I'll look this up. But another also, sporting event that I did not pay attention to. The you look events. around the NFC West, every other team loses. Aaron fucking Rodgers loses. You just have to say to yourself, things I both of my fantasy teams won or look like they're going to win. It has been a really nice weekend as a Seattle sports fan. Uh, the goal were played on Friday night, so he was not going to that today. They, they drew on Friday night. It's, so that was the one that... Uh, slightly messes up your theory but Maybe yes he was going to the mariners game today i don't know he outlined a weekend where he was going to multiple sporting events every game it was it was a pretty impressive weekend in seattle sports we will see we're, we're i i think we can just pencil in the emergency pod we don't need to to like tweet and make sure that there's excitement for it on monday night coming off of seahawks broncos russell wilson's return in the season opener on monday night football so it will be interesting to see if that is the capper to this weekend of Seattle sports or look it otherwise Russell Wilson wins and I'm still claiming it as a W for Seattle sports either way it's <laughs> a great weekend for Seattle sports <laughs> on that note thanks for listening we will see you again tomorrow night uh, talking about Russell Wilson's return to Seattle can't wait <laughs>